When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. It's Stangy Law Firm. We represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. OC Bitches. Welcome to the OC Bitches. I am Melinda Clark and to my right is, is? <laughs> my name, Rachel Bilson. The Bilson. Super awkward. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like This is a very awkward episode. Yes. Yes. Like done in the best, best, juiciest way. Awkward. Say which, that. Wait, which one was this? Let me see. Oh yeah. New Era. <laughs> yep. Yep. No, because I watched two at the same time. Know, right? So I get them jumbled sometimes. But anyways, today we are talking about Season two, episode four, The New Era. Said how many times in this episode? Probably like 10. Super but, awkward. Yeah. Super <laughs> awkward. Um, but for this episode, mm-hmm. we have a very special guest with us today. We do. Yes. Joining us today is the lovely, and oh my gosh. Okay, Shannon, do you pronounce it Lucio or Lucio? Because we had this debate with Patrick Rush. Lucio. Okay. That's what we thought. I just wanted to make sure because you never yeah. know. Okay. Joining us today is the <laughs> lovely and talented Shannon Lucio. Shannon joined the OC as Lindsay Gardner, Ryan's new love interest in season two. After the OC, Shannon went on to many memorable roles on shows like Prison Break, Grey's Anatomy, True Blood, and most recently, The Right Stuff. And films such as Fireflies in the Garden, Feast of Love. She is also a founding member and creative executive of Filament Features and just directed her first short, Sissy. Welcome, Shannon. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. We're so happy that you are here with us. Uh, I am too. Yeah, it's been so long. Before we were recording, we were saying it's been maybe 17 years since we have seen you or spoken to you. (laughs) Yes, trying not to remember that, but yes, 17 years. (laughs) I know. Obviously, life has changed since then. Um, 17 years is a long time. You are now a mother. Is that right? I am. I have a little boy. He's about to be four years old. Oh my gosh! Oh, so fun. That is so yeah. awesome. And you and you are remote. What city are you in right now? I'm living in Brooklyn right now. Oh, you are. how long yeah. have you been there? So we moved during the pandemic um, because we were just like, "What the hell are we doing here? We have no family, and you know the business has changed so much. We don't have to be in LA." So mm-hmm. we've been here um, about eight months. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's brand new. Yes. Yeah. It's very, very brand new. Still getting used to it. I'm, it's like was snowing a little bit earlier and I'm like, oh my God, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> oh yeah. That's a big change, especially. Yeah. How long were you in LA? I was in LA for 22 years. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So long time. season's not so much a thing. Well, then I have to ask <laughs> no. you, have you stayed in touch with Ben McKenzie at all? No, I haven't. Oh, I, for some reason, I just had a picture of you guys, like, because he's, he lives in Brooklyn, I believe, or somewhere near there. He is new, a New Yorker. Yes, yes, he is a New Yorker. So I, I just, we always like to ask and see, you know, Navi runs into Adam Brody and 
thought maybe you, I'm sure you're going to run into him. You probably but we'll get will. into that. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a small world out here. Yeah, for sure. And he has kids as well. Well, that would be fun. But and based on what we just said in your intro, I was interested be, that um, doing research, which is my my little <laughs> passion that I love to catch up on people that we've worked with. You just directed a short. And, I did. and tell, tell me a little bit about your, um, your fil- filament features. This is something that's been going on for a few years, correct? Yeah. So filament features is a production company that I started with my fiance, uh, Charlie Hoffheimer. who's also an actor. He was in Mad Men and Black Hawk Down and another producing partner named Darren Turner. And, uh, we, uh, over the last like five, six years have produced, uh, over 40 projects, everything from music videos. We did this, uh, music video with Miley Cyrus and, uh, a couple documentaries and films that have gone to festivals and were Academy shortlisted. Um, but now, uh, Charlie and I have branched out on our own and, uh, our new production company is called Circus Productions. Okay. And it's called that because, uh, <laughs> well, the film that we were doing, um, we were so busy. Our son Hudson kept being like, Mom, Dad, why can't you play with me? You're always working. And we would explain to him that, well, you know, Mommy and Daddy are making a circus. Like they're bringing <laughs> all these people together to make this project. And he kind of wrapped his mind around like making a circus. Um, so that's what we call our production company. But um, yeah, I directed a short that um, is based on a feature film that I've also written and plan to direct in winter of 2022. And it's based on my my life story and my relationship with my sister, who technically was born my cousin. Uh, she's developmentally disabled, and uh, when she was four months old, her aunt and uncle, di- or her uh, my aunt and uncle, her mother and father died in a murder suicide. <gasps> wow! And we adopted her, and she went through additional trauma when that happened because nobody knew that they had passed away. And she was at four months old, left alone in the house for days. <gasps> no, no, what? naked on the bed, like no food, no shelter. And um, so she had additional brain damage from that. And as we were growing up, my parents were, you know, just kind of barely scraping by, were overworked um, in order to get, make the family work. And so I sort of became the de facto parent. And In fact, my sister called me mom when I was younger. And so the story is about the sort of evolution of our relationship. And as she became older and I I was no longer around because I was in L.A. working and pursuing my dreams, she kind of spiraled out of control and became homeless and nobody knew where she was. And I had to basically become a detective and go back to Denver where she was living and and try to find her. So that's what the movie is about. Wow. Well, that is a story worth telling. Oh, completely. (laughs) I'm like already, I'm really enthralled and I'm like, well, what happened? I want to know everything. What a a crazy experience. And I mean, but to to put it in like your creative space to tell the story and, you know, get get it out there. I think that's incredible. And I, for one, will definitely be watching that. (laughs) This is one of the best things about catching up with people and seeing, because you always struck me very similar to Lindsay, very talented, very, you know, um, just, just, um, you know, just, you were going places specifically. I could see that. And you were very, very well cast in, very. in the show. So, yeah, so I'd love to hear that, that. I know. honestly don't even want to talk about the episode now. I want to hear your story <laughs> with your sister. Cause that is, I'm really like, 
holy shit. <laughs> well, but then, then, but then that leads into my next question is, so you were born in Colorado? I was born in Denver, but I was raised primarily in Texas. Mm-hmm. But we right. moved around a lot. So I lived in Denver a number of different times, just kind of bouncing around a lot. And then you wanted to be an Olympic athlete. I did. Yeah. When I was younger, when I was in middle school and high school, I um, was training, sort of self-training. It's not like I was some elite runner where I was in some U.S. program, but um, I was training for uh, the 400 and the 800 and the mile. And that was my first passion before I found storytelling. I just, I I loved running. And and mostly I think I loved it because it was an escape from my normal life. the way to get out of the house. Um, but as I just grew older, I sort of realized like, this isn't going to happen. Like mm-hmm. I'm not going to the Olympics. It's, <laughs> it's not in my body. Um, and I decided to take, um, theater as just like on a whim because I could, I had extra credits and that's when I found acting and I just totally oh. fell in love. Oh, awesome. Uh, do you remember what was your first role acting wise? Do you remember? Professional or just like any role? Let's go professional. My first professional role was, um, oh, I, I played an Amish girl in ER. Okay, so that was the ER <laughs> credit. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I, I played like an Amish runaway. It was hilarious. <laughs> you know, I saw that that was your first credit. And first of all, I wanted to say that you you studied at USC, which is a very prestigious. But if that... People don't know this. Um, John Levy is the casting director for ER, and he's a he's a tough cookie. Really? And I auditioned for yeah. him early on, and didn't well put it this way. I don't think it went that well. But it was years <laughs> before he started calling me back for things, and I got on his good side because casting directors definitely remember. So for that to be your first professional role with John Levy casting you in that role, that says a lot. And then I looked at your resume and that next year you did guest roles. It's like this perfect, I mean, for actors out there or young people who want to get into this industry, yours is pretty, um, I don't, I don't, it didn't happen for me that way. It, It took a while for me to get those roles, but you were like on CSI Miami. You did some pretty high profile shows that first year, right before you got the OC. Do you remember that first year? Were you like, oh, this is amazing or, or or were you, you didn't feel like you were struggling, right? <laughs> no, no. As a matter of fact, I felt the opposite. I definitely felt like I was struggling because oh. that was the first year I started booking, but uh. there were a couple of years, two years between, I, I didn't really go out for stuff when I was in college because I, I just wanted to get my degree and focus on that. And then I had two years after school, a year and a half before I really got the OC. And um, I was working at a post-production facility uh, doing client services. And I remember a good friend of mine there, you know, one day being like, give up this acting stuff. You, you've got to know it's never going to happen. Yeah. And I just was so like, oh my God, oh my God, is he right? Is he right? Like, I didn't feel like I was going to give up on it, but it, it was frustrating to go out for so many things and get close and not get it. But then I think once I got that first job, I kind of got this little confidence boost. Like, yeah, I belong here. I can do this. And it started to kind of, you know, um, spiral from there. I think that first initial, you know, years that you're talking about, it's important to, and this is my advice to young people, you, it's important to just do the audition and get the experience yeah. 
auditioning and become proficient in the medium of just auditioning so that casting directors remember yeah. you. And, or you get comfortable too in front of people. And yeah. I would say that's a big part of it. So, you know, you're booking all these things. Then do you remember how the OC came about or what that process was like? I do. Oh my God. I could never forget that. Cause it's like one of the high points of, of my life, my acting life. Um, <laughs> I had actually, I, Patrick Rush knew me because he was casting um, Everwood. Yeah. And I was up for a role on that. And they were sort of vacillating on like whether or not they were going to cast me. And funny enough, it was the role that Sarah Drew, Ben's cousin, got on the show. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Which is just kind of a weird small world. But, um, and so he's like, okay, I'll call her in for this. And um, I, I mean, you know, the OC at that time was like a cultural phenomenon. Like I, I was just sort of shitting my pants really <laughs> about the whole thing. Um, but I went in there and I had the the chemistry read with Ben, and uh, it just it just felt like sort of fuzzy in, inside, you know, in like a good way. Like I really was feeling those things that Lindsay was feeling then, and I left that room being like, I think I'm going to get this. And then, you know, I did get it and, uh, and the rest is history. And that was probably the biggest, um, celebration for a role, receiving a role I ever had. Aww, really? That's so cool. I have to say though, and I, and I said this a lot while watching you and Ben, I just think you guys are so wonderful together and the chemistry and everything else. It was really nice to see. Um, and you did you did such an amazing job with this role. And, and yeah, I was like really into watching you guys. <laughs> well, and I'm going to pay you another compliment because, or at least this is from my own experience that when you work with actors that are really good, it elevates your own acting. For sure. And it's like, I really noticed that when I'd work with Peter Gallagher or, you know, there were just or, or, over the years when you work with people that, and and I saw for some reason, just as actors and maybe just because, you know, it's the new season and it's new because, you know, when you're working with the same people all the time, I don't want to say it gets monotonous, but it's nice to just have a, um, a new, new energy and a new talent in front with you. And you guys just had a really good chemistry and we mm -hmm. get to see Ben or Ryan in a completely different, he's been through so much. He's been through hell and back with Teresa, and Julie and his mom and everything. So it's, it was really quite, nice to see him lighter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so when Lindsay shows up, do you remember those first days on set? Do you yeah. remember like you show, you know, Your it, was it similar or... to the character? <laughs> Oh, yeah, totally. I, I completely felt like simpatico with the character because, you know, she's sort of like the odd man out and like, oh, my goodness, you know, everyone else is like rich and <laughs> and she's not and she's very humble in, in that regard. And I, I totally felt like that. So I, I didn't really um, have to do any sense memory work like I was just there. Um, but uh, but Ryan, uh, but Ryan. Ben really kind of put me at ease and um, it was, it was lovely working with him. I, I had a really great time working with him. Um, and so as she gets more comfortable in, in the episodes and is less like rigid and cold, <laughs> I think that's how I was evolving too. Um, so I, I completely felt like I was in her shoes basically. Yeah. So before we get into the actual episode, are there any like memories or stories from the set or working on the show that you remember and would like to share? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, um, I remember, I remember being so intimidated by you, Rachel. Me? And we, well, because, because I didn't know you. I just was like, oh, she's just like this beautiful, like, girl actress. <laughs> and we had this scene at the, um, what was the, the bait shop? I wanted uh-huh. to call it the peach pit, but. <laughs> I know, well, yeah. One. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was with you. Um, and I was so nervous to do this stuff with you. Um, and. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Then I got to know you like working on set and I was like, oh, she's like so nice and so unassuming. (laughs) That's pretty funny. I guess that's, you know, I don't know. Summer was a tough cookie. Well, that's like people thinking that, like, we didn't get to work together, did we? So, Not like, really. I don't I mean, think so. Like group scenes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, those are coming up, and that's kind of we figured that. I think I had maybe one scene with Adam Brody, one or two. Yeah. But, but I think a lot of people assume that I'm like Julie Cooper was like Julie Cooper, which <laughs> I like to be the antithesis of that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm happy that. I mean, I. That, thank you for saying nice things. I'm happy that yeah. I was not intimidating. <laughs> well, I want to tell you that the episode before this, we had Stephanie Savage on for mm. episode three. And that's when Lindsay comes in and and we and I made the comment that, you know, she's very quick witted. She's sarcastic. She's kind of cynical. She's making fun. And Stephanie said something that I didn't know. She said, well, that's exactly the way I was in high school. Right. So your character is based on Stephanie Savage, basically. Oh, interesting. I wonder if she played the oboe too. <laughs> we have she, to ask her. Well, she graduated high school very at early. Like 16. At 16. Yeah, she and was, she, that oh, she was wow. like, this is what I'm here for. I'm here to go to get, Do big get things. into. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so basically the episode today. Yes. Uh, the synopsis is it's a new era. Seth is ready or so he says for a new girlfriend. Ryan claims he's not dating. He's not dating. Marissa, too. Sandy and Caleb are working together on his case, yet Caleb is giving Sandy the runaround. Seth and Ryan go on a group hang with Lindsay and Alex to the Killers concert at the bait shop, but they find that they're both with the wrong girl. Julie proves to Kirsten that she can help the Newport group succeed. She has to do it the Julie Cooper way, which involves a party and lots of cocktails. (laughs) Yes. Directed by Michael Fresco. Written by J.J. Philbin. This, oh gosh, we're really on track here. The original air date for this episode mm-hmm. was December 2nd, 2004. And we are recording oh, wow. December 2nd. Today's December 2021. Yeah. Holy crap. Isn't that interesting? What's the math there? Don't ask me. <laughs> long time, long time. Well, uh, so I do want to make um, JJ Philbin, writer, um, Regis's daughter. She um, she will be joining us on the podcast, but I just love this episode. I think it should be called The New Era, otherwise known as Awkward. <laughs> and <laughs> it, is a, it is a new era for everyone. And It sure is. Yes. It, it opens very new era. New like. era. I gotta <laughs> say, this is, you know, um, Michael Fresco, one of our favorite directors on this episode. So, you know, it opens with, you know, Seth and Ryan are in the pool 
pool house and he's talking about having to get a new girlfriend because Summer's really dating Zach. And then, and, and then they run upstairs to get his protractor. But I had to say, this was fascinating. Um, not fascinating, but Michael Fresco did this all in one steady cam shot. When they're it, walking from the pool house? From the pool mm-hmm. house, picking up Kirsten and Sandy. And it just gives the, sh- the, the episode, the pace yeah. and the energy. Because, of course, Seth, it wouldn't be the OC opener without Seth being in crisis. Right. So a steady cam <laughs> is when the cameraman actually wears the camera and walks with you for everyone listening. If, you know, sometimes the terms, I just like to clarify. And if we do it multiple times, I apologize. But yeah. So yeah. So they're walking with you. So you feel the movement with the camera. Um, but yeah, I really thought it was cool how they shot that. And Seth's mission is hilarious, <laughs> which, you know. Uh, Picking out girlfriends from the yearbook, which is. From the yearbook. But my favorite thing now is when they're at school and they're literally like trying to pick out girls as they walk by and Lindsay walks up and she was like, oh, are you like trying to pick a girlfriend? Uh, (laughs) Like you just call them out. Yeah, because boys, (laughs) teenage boys pointing, even if, you know, it was kind of an innocent thing. He's saying, are these girls that would date you? Not actually would I pick them. But it's it's so obviously like, come on. Yeah. You know, you're going to get called out for that. And and Lindsay wonderfully calls them out. Oh, yeah. And I love how you're like, OK, no and no. <laughs> you just turn both yeah. of them down. You're like, not happening. And then now Seth is convinced that you are actually uh, Lindsay Cohen. <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> that you are. Only because I reject him. Isn't that funny? It's like when you push somebody away. Like, oh, what's yes. Even more? Oh, yes. And there's more on that right. later, which right. is <laughs> the next episode. But yes. So it's hilarious, and I love how you handle them and how you handle the boys. Um, but then we see Marissa and Summer at school. They're claiming a new era as well. I mean, new era just everywhere. Mm-hmm. Marissa, DJ's MIA, right? They're, at this point, yeah. she's yeah, this he's point, dis- He's disappeared. Yeah, he, right. she doesn't know where she is, but he, where he is, sorry. But I got to say, so I, we talked about this outfit that, that Marissa's wearing. Yeah. I cannot. Afford, I like it. It which is so funny, but everybody Did people not. Oh, I because I have to do my Mindy research. There's so much hate on this hat, <laughs> this the bow. Hat. It's a beret, yeah. right? It's, and and I, apparently Josh didn't like it, but huh. but for some reason I thought it was cute. But for some I reason she looked cute. I thought she looked cute too. But I think that for some reason it was very distracting. So there was. Do we have a new? We have a new costume designer season two, correct? Carla Stevens, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was cute. I thought I it loved, was super cute. I loved all your layers. And I mean, you were wearing kind of a clueless skirt. Oh, yeah. With the with boots. Like the boots yeah. and like a little tied up thing. We have to talk about the, the fashion. What? Did you like your fashion, Shannon? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, I liked some of it. And then, but what I didn't like, I was like, it's right for the character. So it's fine. <laughs> right, right. Right. I know when they introduce you, like they could not have put you in a more like neon sign, what kind of person, character you wore than the outfit you like show up in, you know, which is very. <laughs> but then you, you wore some really cute things later, some blazers that I really liked. Later. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Your style. Comes yeah, through. I was I was very studious. My look serious. Yes. Studious. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So did you have your hair that red that are you naturally a redhead? No, I have auburn hair, but right. um, I, I was convinced for the longest time that dyeing it red was the way to go. And then I. <laughs> I wised up about four years ago and was like, I'm just going to stop doing this and went uh, back to my natural hair color. But um, 
No, they were dying it. I think they got like hooked on this idea of her looking like a little Julianne Moore. Huh. Ah. Yeah. And, I could see that. And they kind of dyed it that color. My, I watched the episode with my sister and she's like, whoa, your hair is red. I thought it was beautiful. It's like a, a kind of a deeper strawberry, strawberry blonde, right? Oh, yeah. I liked it. I enjoyed I liked it. it. I yeah. continued to dye it for a very long time after that. So, But then this is a funny thing when Summer, um, you know, she's saying that Zach is the anti-Cohen. Mm-hmm. He's the, um, oh, and then, and then of course, Zach walks up and you call him Ducky. Where did, <laughs> where did that come from? I don't know. I, I was trying to like, if I, if I just said it, no, I, there's no way. They yeah. just made it up, a nickname. It's really funny. <laughs> it's really funny. He's like, huh? <laughs> oh yeah, we have nicknames. Yeah, no, we have nicknames. <laughs> <laughs> because Ducky's from, you know. Um, oh, Pretty and pretty pink. Pretty pink, yeah. But that's that doesn't really make sense either. I don't know. Whatever. I, it was funny. But I do need to mention this other thing going on with the Newport group because it's important. And um, Sandy, Sandy's calling Caleb Sandman. I love all the nicknames everyone's calling <laughs> each other. But I, you know, he, of course, it's a big mystery. The, the show doesn't do mystery. And this is like, I can't think of any other, quote, mystery that we've had. And they've taken a long time to do it. And Josh was saying that he was really proud of the way they did this storyline. And, but I just think it's so funny very quickly that, that Allendale is funny. Hmm. And the way he kept saying frittata. Yeah. Frittata, like a booty call. We say frittata. He's like frittata. Yeah. Anyway, I'm just a, just a, uh, Lots Alan of frittata. Appreciate yeah, we, we, Anytime he says frittata, we call it out. Frittata. <laughs> um, okay, so, you know, so Seth and Ryan, are, they're really trying to come up with this whole plan for Seth for a girlfriend. So basically, this scene, so you guys, Ryan and Lindsay are in class, and mm-hmm. Ryan, Seth asks Ryan to ask out Lindsay for him uh, on a date. So I just think this is so cute because Ryan approaches Lindsay, approaches you, and asks you out and you immediately say yes before he says anything else. Like, do you want to go out? And you cut him off with a yes, right? The way he said it, I'm on Lindsay's side. He says, yeah. Oh no, I totally agree. You're right, but like he could it have said it. He, like goes, Would he you? is asking you out. Totally. Of he course. Could. Yeah. Well, of course it's a TV show. Like, yeah. But the way he said, he, <laughs> say, he says, he says, would you go out on a date? Yes. Oh, with Seth. And oh. you were like, oh, okay. <laughs> That was a mean trick, I gotta say. It was a mean trick, and and I I did not do a very good job of disguising the fact that I thought he, it was him asking me out. But somehow, but he why was would told you? Yeah, but why would you? You know, you, obviously yeah. you like him, and this was a definite time where I really feel the chemistry with you guys. Just like, what are you doing? Well, it's a new it's a new way for us to see Ryan, and ultimately the way he's a little nervous or around you is that he respects you. Ryan respects Lindsay. He sees that she's, and he probably hasn't had that many women in his life that seem so solid. They know what they want. They're, they're driven. And to have that respect for Lindsay, um, and also we find out later that he's like, oh, she thinks, you know, she thinks I'm an idiot because she's been pretty rough on him. And, but it's really sweet to see him this vulnerable in this it episode. Is. I agree. Yep. Um, okay. So I'm just going to go to this because well, we can talk. Marissa goes and finds DJ and tries to reconcile. We didn't really cover that, but 
whatever. Yeah. She's giving an olive branch and she he's like, what are we friends? And she's like, apparently we're not because of this conversation. But she because does of offer- the, Because to, of the beret. <laughs> I think the beret. He's just like, now that, I'm done. I'm done here. Sorry. <laughs> this I is just- done nice. here. Yeah. But she offers a ticket to she the killers. She invites him to the bait shop. Yeah. It was a nice gesture. It was a little, yeah. But he's not, he's not doing it. He's, he's not, not doing, doing it. it. Yeah. So anyway. speaking of the bait shop, now we're at the bait shop and Ryan tells Seth that he set him up with Lindsay. And he's like, what? No, I don't want to date her. I want to marry her. <laughs> it's like, you just want to strangle Seth sometimes. Seth is, oof. <laughs> let me tell you. Okay. So anyways, he comes up with the idea of a double date and wants to set Ryan up with Alex. with a, As a group hang. You know what? I'm such a nerd. I had to <laughs> Google because he says- What do you mean? Well, Google what? <laughs> he says, I read about it in the New York Times. I Googled no, to see didn't. if there was a history <laughs> of, of group hangs or if there was actually an article. Because Seth was there? Just, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, you know, it's really true. Group hangs. I mean, in high school, yeah. It's like, you don't really go out on- dates one-on-one no. that's super we didn't really weird date no did no. you no it's like oh. you no right no I, I well I, I I didn't have the time really because of my sister yeah I literally if I went on a date it was my boyfriend coming to the house to hang out with us but uh no not at all I mean I think also too like it's just so it's just so awkward to be around somebody else by yourself like yeah. that. They're like, oh, let's bring um, reinforcement. I still do that, like, to this day. I mean, even well, I can't. older, I'm like, I don't want to go by myself. Well, I do want to say, so Julie now is trying to, she is the CEO, and she's trying her best to actually be the boss. And this was on <laughs> The scene really made me laugh. This, I remember this scene vividly and I had so, this is when I was, I was so excited to go to work every day because of what they were writing for the character. And I just love that skirt. And I, like I said before, the, the outfits really kind of gave the character a lot of attitude. Right. Cause Julie's now the CEO of the Newport group. <laughs> she walks into this meeting. And she's like, oh, we're not going to let it. Um, Caleb's incarceration won't, we just won't let it, Mr. Herbert. And, um, Kirsten, can you photocopy this or get this for me? She's like, it's the lunch menu. Uh, that was my favorite part. She goes, oh, you need to leave. Too sweet. Doot, doot. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh yeah. And then at the end, he asks you a question. About and, prof- our, our portfolio and hedging and whatever. And she's like. You're e- like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> that, was, that a, was a great moment. It was, like, you don't even try to cover. You're just like, I'm fucked. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yes. It's so cute. I loved that. Yes. Um, okay. So then we're back at Harbor. And this is one of my favorite <laughs> moments of the whole episode. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Summer walks by Seth and Ryan. And he's just, he's just like, I can't, mm, uh, I have a date. <laughs> yeah. He just blurts it out as Summer walks by and I laughed. I laughed at that moment. But, but it's, but it, Summer is definitely like, she's feisty with him. Like she, she's still like, does, does, she's we playful. don't know. Does she, she's still angry at him for leaving. She's uh, just still knows? like, she will not give up on, she just won't give him a break. What why, if, well, why would she? Yeah. And now he's trying to stick it to her. <laughs> <laughs> he got me. <laughs> <laughs> Although it is really fun to see them banter like this. I mean, do you remember yeah. acting in this? Do you remember just having fun going to work and just having... F- I feel like all the times that I hit Seth was probably me just hitting Brody. <laughs> so, <laughs> a lot of improvising there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was always fun. The Seth and Summer scenes, especially when they're at each other, were always fun to play. Yeah. Um, and then Marissa asks Ryan to hang out. 
Uh, oh, and that Ryan also has a date is is revealed. Well, and she just asked DJ, and I guess I guess he rejected her. So then she asks Ryan, and so I can understand. But but Marissa's just like all over the place. Yeah, she's <laughs> like she's like playing with fire, asking all these guys to you know you know do these things. So anyway, we'll see. She we know what's going to happen there. We do. Yeah. Okay. Um. At Jimmy's boat, when Julie brings him the lobster roll, I remember this day so vividly. Now, <laughs> I don't know if you got to know Tate at all, but Tate loves food. And, you know, on any given day, though, at lunch, he'd go ride his bike 50 miles. You know, he, he's an Iron Man, so he could just like, and his plates of food would be huge. And I remember the, the prop guy or the whoever did the food, he didn't actually get him a lobster roll. It was a shrimp po' boy. And, and, Tate was just, he was so excited to eat. He's like, I love these. And, and when he goes, this is, you gave me a delightful snack. And he's like, he wasn't acting. But it was such a cute scene. I'm realizing you can tell when actors are having a lot of fun. And I was so excited to work with Tate again because, you know. And I love you two together as well. Like watching you. Yeah. 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 You guys are so cute together. So yeah. cute. Yeah. And and it's like, I, I think back and I'm like, I had a crush on on Tate, not like in a, you know, you know, in, a in an inappropriate way. way. Yeah, but yeah, when yeah. you just like, you know, you yeah. like being around somebody you're because like we laugh yeah. and we have a good time acting together and you're in it together. But this is something interesting about Julie and Jimmy that because they're now divorced, because they've moved on and they've they've shed their resentments of each other. Now they're actually each other's you know, cheerleaders and support. And she's coming to him for this support. But this famous Julie line, if I Googled myself and crashed the entire computer network, which we don't say that now, but I'm like, do, do you guys Google yourselves? I mean, <laughs> have you ever Googled yourself? I definitely and crashed have. A network? I don't know about crashing a network. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought, I thought that was strange too. I was like, why does it crash? Like, I didn't understand the meaning of that line, really. I asked my husband that last night. I said, when if I... I if I tell you this line, what does it mean? And and because I'm like, was Google that week that Julie Cooper's name would crash it back then? Yeah. But, but yeah, and he's like, well, that reminds me of like Kim Kardashian breaks the internet. That's how we say right. say that. But Julie Cooper, <laughs> she crashes the internet. You I might once your porn comes out. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler. Seth wants Ryan to, to, tee, to tee him up, which is the, f he's just a wuss. But he is a wuss. But yeah. I will say, you know, when you show up at the bait shop yeah. for this group hang, you're by yourself. And I'm thinking, that's brave. Here we are in high school. Like, not only do you not go on dates alone, you know, you show up totally by yourself, no armor, nothing. And you're just there. And I was like, that's like ballsy. Yeah. I mean, I, I admired it. And like, you're, that's your character, oh. right? So. Yeah, but I would say she had armor. I mean, she had such a tood the whole oh, yeah, episode for sure. in that bait shop. For sure. She was like just ice grilling the whole time. So she definitely had her armor up. Right. But I meant like, you know, your your smartphone that we don't didn't have then or whatever it was, like the things to protect you from like, <laughs> I'm by myself. Right. No. Uh, but yeah, I was like, oh, all right. Well, she just showed up by herself. Um, okay. That's but of course, the four of them are standing together and the awkwardness. I mean, I guess high school is so awkward and, and you know, it is so cringy, but that's what I love about it. Yeah, it's super awkward. But I like, yeah, they play the awkward, which is true. 
Yeah. Like, what are they going to talk about? And, yeah. you know, the killers, like I said, are on this and they're playing smile like you mean it first. Um, and you I guys are miserable. It. Yeah. I love the killers. I just think oh, this yeah. is one of my favorite. Brandon um, Flowers, I definitely had a crush on at How the time. cute was he? He so almost had, he looked, he and, he and Adam had the same haircut about at that time. It Maybe felt that's like. why. I was like, huh. <laughs> I guess that's my type. You know, I looked up, I tried to find um, some interviews with them talking about the OC and they said they had a really good time doing oh, yeah? it and they'd never seen any kind of filming before. And huh. so that, that was like a lot That's of these nice. bands were they're They were so young or so new mm-hmm. that, um, you know, a lot of the, the, I think Ben Gibbard had said the same thing and Robert Schwartzman knew about filming, but I don't right. think, yeah. Right. So, yeah, but it was the oh. first time for a lot of bands. I remember uh, I was in the makeup trailer with them at the same time, and they were all like so sweet and enthusiastic to be there. And like, nice, that's cool. You're, like you don't really seem like rock stars. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. This was just a year after it had been released, okay. and two months before it went high on the charts when it came out on the OC. So the timing was perfect. I mean, they became a huge band, huge right? Madison Square Garden band, right? <laughs> I remember, so when Mr. Brightside starts playing in this episode, I don't know if you remember Shannon, but like as soon as it was on, it triggered me back to that time because we heard that song <laughs> 8 million times and, you know, music transports you. So uh, I was like, God, I know this song so well right. <laughs> and all the lyrics um, that I remember doing it. But also, uh, so this is Summer and Zach and Marissa, you know, obviously run into you guys and... Your delivery, okay, Shannon. How cute was was Rachel in this scene, where she where they see each other, like you know, introduce each other with um with the different yeah. girls and everything, and you're like, yeah, awesome. <laughs> like, it was like, this is just awesome. Like the uh, jealousy is just like spewing out of you. The overcompensation <laughs> is alive and well, um, but. <laughs> but I love Lindsay's delivery of like, I think we just um, saw some. Yeah, met some ex-girlfriends. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. Pretty obvious. I just like how real you are always with it all. Just super Lindsay. dry. Yep, super <laughs> dry, calling it out. I loved Seth when he was like, yeah, she was my shorty last year and then she got served. What is that? She's my and shorty. Alex and Alex like <laughs> hits him. It was funny. And then she hits him so hard. It's like, whoa. Yeah. Like a real like yeah. street fight. So you hit. start to see Alex and Seth here and you're like, wait a minute. What's, you know, and, yeah. and Ryan and Lindsay, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But then the Seth and Alex storyline starts to develop. <laughs> um, and then, you know, Summer's obsessing about Cohen still. Well, she's, I, and I love, you know, at one point she's talking about, he's like, do we really have to have these, these nicknames? And, <laughs> and, and you keep calling him Ducky and then yeah. you really are obsessing. And poor Zach, like, see, we see Zach as this, he's this very confident. Was it last episode that I said my epiphany about Zach? Yes. Let me know if you agree with this. Zach is the Aiden and Seth is Mr. Big. Now, not really, because I mean, look at the two of them next to each other, but, but Zach is absolutely the Aiden. Totally. Right. The guy you should be with. The yes. guy you should go for. Like that but... perfect guy, night, like all of it. They literally are the same character. Right. <laughs> he is. I'm sticking to it. He is. No, for sure. I mean, in this episode, the way they wrote for Seth is 
just like I said, you want to strangle him. I mean, he, and he won't. And oh my gosh, it's just, to me, it's hysterical that you, that, that Lindsay is on the receiving end of his diarrhea of the mouth. Huh. And it's just, I mean, how many, have you ever been with somebody who talks about their ex constantly and you're supposed to be on a date with them? And it, you know, I watched the show, uh, the episode a couple times and I was like, it just gets worse and worse because <laughs> I, at one point I'm like, oh, Lindsay's being a little, little tough on him. And I'm like, actually, no, she wasn't being tough. There was, there was. He's so clueless. He just keeps going on and on. And she's looking at him like, are you for real? And he like, doesn't even notice. No. Yeah. That's also Seth, very self-consumed. Well, just the way he was with your dad at lunch too. Oh, that that effort because I always say, "Oh, it's so endearing, it's cute." Because I I tend to look at things from a actor point of view, or I try to see it from the writer's point of view. How funny would this be? But as an audience, or if we we're talking about these characters like they're real people, and we have to be critical of them, and it's just not okay. Right. But it's entertaining. Right. And we're talking about it. <laughs> yeah. So, but the when he is talking, Lindsay's. Uh, you know, ear off. And she he's saying, aren't they great? Aren't they great? And, and Lindsay's like, oh yeah, you've said it eight times. But then this is one of my favorite delivery of a line from um, Olivia when she's like, she, to, to Ryan, do you like live music? And he goes, no, not really. And she's like, and he says, you, it's my passion. Right. And her delivery is just like, it's intense. Yeah. Like you see it like, we are, are never n- going to yeah. happen. <laughs> so. Yes, a lot was conveyed with that one line. I totally agree with that. I also like how later when Alex and Ryan are talking and she's just like, yo, dude, like there's no spark here. Like she's just super honest. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, it's really refreshing to have an honest conversation with the girl, which I liked because you and Olivia both are so such a strong presence when you're both on screen and adding you guys, when you come into this season, it was just really nice. Like you said earlier, just such a breath of fresh air to have two super talented women come and join Mm -hmm. the crew. And like, we were saying this last, last episode that that Olivia seems, seemed it's like her second job. She seemed like such a veteran. You as you as well. Yeah. I think she had, you know, she and I were kind of like in the same circles um, before the OC. So it was funny that we ran into each other on this. But I think she kind of had been in at least like the business, whether or not she was doing film and television for a while. Because isn't her, she like, she comes from like a family who's. I thought it was her family. Her a journalist. A journalist. Right? And she was married at yeah, the time. Yeah, she was married at the time. Yeah. She was. To a f- to like Italian, Italian prince. prince. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so no, she, and I, and, and watching these episodes, I kept looking at her this episode and the next episode. And I was like, yeah, I can totally see that she's, she's got that fire, that wild child, that real toughness. There's an edge. There's something about her because, you know, she was, it was, it was between her and Misha for the role of Marissa. And I, I see that she plays she's not she doesn't need to be rescued that's what josh kept saying Mm. yeah she's a tough one yeah and uh, but then one of my favorite lines of probably the whole series because nobody else says this is from Lindsay to seth when he's just going on and on and she goes there's something wrong with you (laughs) (laughs) it's like fine somebody says what everyone's thinking because there's definitely something wrong but then that brings me to to another point of it feels like all of these characters, we've got DJ, Zach, 
um, Alex and Lindsay to play, to play the opposite of the other characters, the core fours, you know, new love interests, the core four, I mean, the new characters, they seem really almost like normal and put together. And the core four seem to have a few, you know, few quirks. That, that little few. Yeah. <laughs> Some screws loose. That's true. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's an interesting, it's an interesting dynamic to, I, and I think it works and it gives a lot of good energy to the second season to have these new characters. For sure. Yeah. Um, so the date, obviously it's not going well and we're kind of at the end of the, the bait shop. We're, we're closing up and Seth and Alex, what happens? What happens? <laughs> well, yes. But she, Seth is so upset and she gives him a hard time and then she gives him a little kiss, right? She does. She kisses him. Uh, and honestly, I really loved this scene. I thought Olivia was so cute in this scene. Um, I remember having a hard time with her storyline because like oh, did you? myself, I think I feel like I've said this a few times. I am not like some crazy jealous like girlfriend type, but. But if it's the being, first time that's happened to you. Well, yeah, it's the first yeah. time and your boyfriend is an actor on the show and he's working and his love interest is Olivia Wilde. Like, how do you not <laughs> like freak out just yeah. a little bit? Well, let me ask you ladies this question because um, everyone always asks that. I was married, you know, people are in relationships and as actors, we have to do these very intimate things. And, you know, people that aren't in, in this industry have constantly asked those questions like, how does that work? Does your significant other get frustrated or jealous or something? And it's like, there's nothing really sexy about it with a hundred crew members sitting around and stuff. And, but, but if, but you have to experience it and see that it's not a big deal. I mean, if it's the first time that. Well, first time you're 21, 22, whatever. And Olivia Wilde is as fucking beautiful and awesome as she is. Yeah. And Adam's geeked out over her. How could he not be? And everything else. And, you know. Well, if he's if he's flat out going, oh, my God, I get to make <laughs> out with Olivia Wilde to your face. Is he, is he doing that? I mean, I would hope he was had the wherewithal to, like, not oh. be that way. <laughs> I see. But, you know, there were times where, like, they would be talking and I'd be, like, there, but not there, there. And I'd be <laughs> like, man. Like, it was, as a young yeah. person... It was definitely a challenge. But now you have a different perspective. Now I don't give a fuck. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> have you had anything like that, Shannon? Have you ever? No, I have. I mean, being on that side of the, the sort of jealous one, um, you know, with my fiance now, I'm like, he, he was a child actor. We both get it. We don't really do that to each other, but it was one film in particular that was like a really kind of raw film and the other actress was very beautiful. And I remember um, they did their like sex scene in the shower. And then we were supposed to hang out that night with a friend of ours. And we did, but he brought her with and both her hair was still wet and everything. And I was like, Mm. I'm not cool with this. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, this is taking it a little, this is like invading my sort of normal life. And now I have to like, hang out with this girl. And I know you guys were just like rubbing up against each other like 20 minutes ago. Um, That was a rough night. But other than that, no, I mean, we both, we both get it. Well, and I think it's normal to have those. It's like, whoa, I'm not. Well, it's so unnatural. It's not normal for your partner to be insinuating sex with someone else and fully making out. Like it's not pretend, you know what I mean? Like you're actually fully kissing these people, whatever the extent it goes to, depending on the scene. 
But it's a very awkward thing to come to terms with. And I'm like, I please, God, don't let me wind up with an actor. Well, sometimes that means, you know what, when you have those feelings, it means that you really like your significant other. I guess, sure. That's a positive (laughs) spin on it. It's like when you're like, yeah, whatever, I don't care. I remember (laughs) Adam Brody, he shot a movie like, I forget what hiatus, and he had a sex scene with Meg Ryan. And I was like, oh, wow, like a full on (laughs) sex scene, you know? And I remember being like, it's just so weird. It's such like a (laughs) weird thing to wrap your head around when I was there. We were on Vancouver Island and I, the, I knew that scene was happening right then, you know, and then he comes home from that and you're like, you were fully just making out with Meg Ryan. <laughs> like, just such a weird world. Yeah, Anyways. it's a very, now there's intimacy coaches and, oh, you God. know, yeah, all kinds of things. But no, I think it's all normal to feel a little like, hmm. So anyway, there we are. <laughs> that happened. Yeah. And they went off for ice cream, which I think is really cute. Very because cute. I, it's, yeah. like, it's like back in the day, I would have been like, ice cream? Where's the tequila? Now I'm like, that's the best. I want some ice cream. I, want, I know. I want to ask out for ice cream. Absolutely. Yeah, they're cute. Everyone's cute. And, uh, you know, so it's all kind of like coming to a button, so to speak. All the, <laughs> coming to all a close. The, coming to a close. The kids. Marissa finds DJ. I love, love, love you and Ryan at the bus stop. Lindsay and Ryan at the bus stop yeah. at the end. She's like, speak, Ryan. You're waiting Excuse for the your bus. Words. <laughs> Yeah, and he like pulls up. You're like, no, I don't need a ride. But then you guys finally get real. And that was my favorite scene of the whole episode to shoot, for sure. Yeah. I love how, and you're so honest because you say it and you're like, did I just say that out loud? You say, no, I <laughs> wanted it to be you asking me out on the date. Yeah. And it was yeah, refreshing. We, yeah. He's it like, was, it was nice. Yeah. And, and also the tone was just so different. That whole like montage in the end, the tone is like, everything's going to be okay. And, shooting that scene with him. It's like, we really had a good time together. We're really like, you know, I don't even know what we were talking about, but we're like really engaged and and enjoying each other. It was a great scene. Really sweet. Oh, at the end in the montage, you guys were just, were you guys just genuinely having a conversation? Nothing scripted, right? Yeah. I think if I recall correctly, like I, I think they started filming and we didn't even realize Mm. Like we were just talking about stuff and they're like, okay, we got it. We're like, oh, you're done. Oh, all right. Right. (laughs) That's cool. That's the best. Yeah. I heard a rumor that Ben really appreciated and liked working with you. Oh, I don't know if it was a rumor. It's a, it's a truth. (laughs) It's a truth. Yeah. Uh, But also we have to say this end montage, uh, there's a song by the U2 playing. You can't make it on your own. And U2 debuted this song on this this episode. episode. Yeah. In this episode. And it would be, it went on to Grammy song of the year. And I think this is another sim- symbolic moment of the new era because we had so many songs of, you know, indie bands and such. I feel like this is the first, it, it almost was jarring to, because it's such a well-known Huge song. Huge mainstream band. Now but, yeah. to, to hear it now is like, whoa, to hear you too. But Back then, I mean, obviously it was you two then too, but it's bit the new era of getting these huge bands on. Right. I, I feel like, yeah, we as another Alex, new era. Yeah. yeah a new right. era of all that. Yeah. But I love how the whole episode ends. I do have to give an honorable mention to um, Sandy in eating his Cheetos. <laughs> <laughs> because there's something, you know how, because Sandy's like, He's always going. And this is, he's not a pity party. Like he's giving up. He's like, honey, I can't help your, your dad. He's hiding something. There's nothing. Wait a minute. He doesn't eat Cheetos in this episode. 
Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. Yeah. This episode, will yeah. you do the party? Yeah, we skipped the party and stuff, but that's oh, fine. Oh, we skipped it. That's but, what happened. But he's sitting there in his chair because they clearly don't have new furniture yet because they're still oh you know, renovation. And yeah. and he's eat, sitting there going, I, I don't know what to do. He's not sit, having a pity party. He's just like, I'm just gonna eat Cheetos and watch the judge, and um, and then then of course Julie rolls over them and has a party and fixes <laughs> fixes everything by by grabbing ass or something. Yeah. But, Grabbing but, ass. And doesn't Jimmy stick up for you as well? He's like, she's she knows what she's doing. And Give, you do. Well, and it is interesting. He is the one who knows her the best because she says, oh, you yeah. know, Kirsten says, you think I'm dense. And but she just needs to do it the Julie Cooper way. It's something that I read. It's a, a book about the OC, critical thinking or something about the OC. And they were talking about how Julie, especially in the beginning, she uses sexuality as her commerce. Mm. And because it's... Um, it's not, she doesn't have the experience to work or be the CEO of, of the Newport group. So she uses her sexuality as her monetary gain. So she'll, she'll get better as it goes on. Yes, yeah, yeah. she will. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, um, well, that is the episode. And again, Shannon, you are just so wonderful. And we're so happy to see you on screen every time you come on, and especially like you and Ben love it. Um, oh, thank you. But we have a couple of, of voicemails for you, if you don't mind sticking around to answer some questions. Sure, of course. Great. So long as they're not haters, because there were a lot of Lindsay haters. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Hey, wait. Before we get into the voicemails, I want to ask, the what was the reaction yeah. of, do you remember getting, did it help your career? What the fan reaction was? What was your life like outside of being on set? Well, it definitely helped my career. Um, yeah, that's it. I started to, I mean, at that point, I remember like a week or two after the first episode aired, people at the mall recognized me. <laughs> but I, I was going to like, I was in some store buying jeans or something. And these little girls came up to me and they're like, oh my God, oh my God, it's Lindsay. And I was like, oh, hi. And then all of a sudden they turned on me and they're like, you're so mean. How could you be such a dick <gasps> to Ryan? He's so nice to you. And it was kind of an eye-opening experience because people could not separate me mm-hmm. from the character. And there was this like camp, uh, uh, what are they called? Shippers? I yep, guess. Yeah. Um, now. Yeah. <laughs> who, who loved Ryan and Lindsay. And there was a, a more vocal, probably a larger camp who absolutely hated me, wished I was dead. Like, you know, and me, not just Lindsay, like me. So, <laughs> wow. That was weird to, you know, I would go, I would Google myself, you know, after episodes came up and I did that maybe once or twice. And I was like, this is, this is bad for like my ego. I need to stop doing this. Right. Um, so it was, it was sort of like, it was bittersweet. Like it was certainly great to be a part of the show. I loved the show. I loved the work. I loved all the people. Um, and I loved the sort of uh, pop that it gave me, but it, it was kind of tough to deal with those. The, the group of people that just didn't like me. And I felt like I had no control over that. You know? Right. I think it's an interesting comment on, it's a teen soap with teen viewers. And, but then we had a lot of adults watching and I don't know about you. I mean, you guys are now in, I want to say your forties or just well, turned 40. I just turned 40. <laughs> but, but, but watching this now as an adult, the te- I think the teenagers had totally different opinions than, say, the adults. Uh, and I think 
I think there's a lot of people watching the show now who were teenagers then mm-hmm. who didn't like Lindsay. And as adults now, they're saying, oh, oh no, I yeah. really love it. In fact, I know for a fact, I've heard um, some different um, conversations about that. It's like when I was a when I was a teenager who loved Marissa and Ryan, but now in my 30s, I understand. Well, it's like me watching it. Because mm-hmm. like at the time, I was like, wait a minute. You know what I mean? Like you think that. And then as a 40-year-old woman watching this episode, I'm like, clearly this makes way more sense. <laughs> the Lindsay and Ryan and look at how great they are together and, and their similar interests and everything else. So it is true. Like watching yeah. it older, you have a different perspective for sure. And it's like you want to say to those young young girls, those young little haters, like you really just because they just they just want to see Ryan and Marissa together. But that's the manipulation of this medium that they're pulling them apart so that they have a reaction. But it's but I understand, you know, I had a lot of like, I hate Julie stuff in the beginning, yeah. too. <laughs> She's so mean. You're like, that's not me. You know, I'm just saying that oh, person yeah. is not me. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Hi, it's Nela, and I'm from Germany. And I wanted to ask Shannon, um, what is the best thing you remember from filming the OC? Oh, the best thing I remember. That's a tough one because there's so many great things. Um, I think, you know what, the memory that comes to mind is um, Ben and I sitting next to each other and we were always reading in between uh, takes and we would um, sort of give each other books like, oh, I just finished this. It's so good. Here, you take it. Oh, well, I just finished this. You take this. And it, it was just, I don't know, it was just so sweet and and just like part of our kind of a ritual of our relationship that I really enjoyed just feeling like, oh, I'm not just relating to this guy in terms of the work, you know, we're, we're like actually kind of friends, you know? So I, I, that sticks out as like a, a high point. I love that. Yes. Yes. Hi, this is Sasha from Czech Republic. I loved listening to the podcast and revisiting the series. And I have a question for Shannon. Um, I thought it was kind of weird that we didn't see Lindsay at Caleb's funeral. So I just wanted to ask if you were approached to do it and just couldn't or what was the reason? And um, second question is whether you think um, Lindsay kept up with the family or she just left and they never spoke to her again thank you bye do you know i answer this (laughs) you can answer it we could use well yeah Yeah. answer answer it it. yeah i when when i found out i I was watching the episode and i was like caleb died and i wasn't invited like what the hell i am you know after all related uh his daughter so i was a little taken aback by that um but you know, these storylines, it's like, what are they going to do? Bring me back for a funeral and then have me leave? It's like, mm-hmm. no, it's more, a lot more going on than the need to put that into the episode. We find, I, I, I find that my answers to a lot of questions like those are because that's the way the script was written. <laughs> you know, right. but that's not what people want to hear. It's like, why wouldn't she? There's a lot of whys, you know? Yeah. Like, why didn't Tate or why didn't Jimmy come? Well, we didn't have a Marissa. Um, funeral. There's all kinds of little things like that that make me question, but there we go. Oh, and also I want to tell you that I, when I was doing my research with you, I loved The Right Stuff, one of my favorite shows last year. And, And I was like, what? That was Shannon? And I remember seeing, it's like, 
I remember going, God, this, I just, you had such a lovely performance and I wasn't, I did not put two and two together because you're a mature woman and you played such a lovely young girl. And I don't know. Anyway, I just want to give you props. I feel like, I think you worked with a good friend of mine. Was Josh Cook on The Right Stuff? Yes. Yeah. I just love and adore him. We had worked together. He's an incredible human. And I thought he had done that show. So I wanted to ask you. Yeah. He really is. He's such a, it's such a sweet guy. I love so working sweet. with him. Awesome. Um, yeah. I love that show that I, that was just such like a dream role playing mm-hmm. a real person and from that era. And I, you know, it's a shame that it didn't go on, but I, I loved every second of it. It's not coming back. No, you know, I guess it just didn't get the viewership that they were hoping for. Really? And they tried for a while. They they kind of, it was supposed to be on the History Channel. Mm. Not the Mm. History Channel, National Geographic. Oh. Sorry, it was Mm. supposed to be on National Geographic. And then Disney at the last minute switched to Disney Plus. And it's just kind of, I don't know. I don't know if it was the best platform for it in the end. It was a great cast and so, so engaging. I was, I was, it was one of my favorite shows. During pandemic. (laughs) Thank you. Oh my gosh, Shannon. It is so lovely to see you. And I will repeat this again and again. This is the best part, reconnecting with people and talking about something that we all collectively did together and just hearing that you're about your lovely life and your son and your. And and I cannot wait for your project. Congrats on that. Honestly, I want to sit down and I want to hear the whole thing, which I guess I'll watch the whole thing, but Really, I cannot wait for that. And just, I admire your, you know, just willingness to be so open about your life and what you've experienced and wanting to tell the story. I think that's so cool. Well, it's it's definitely been uh, a piece of my journey and sort of accepting who I am and, you know, what I'm capable of. So I'm I'm also, it's a, it's a hopeful ending to the story, even though it's so tragic. And so I hope in sharing it with the world that it, it sort of um, provides a, a path for other people to find their way out of the darkness too. Um, and when the short's done, which it will be um, probably this week, I'm in uh, doing the final sound mix. I'll uh, share a link with you guys if you want to oh, see it. Oh, would love that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Please do that. And you know what? You said something during this podcast that I'm going to take with me that you said... I was an athlete before, before becoming a storyteller, you know, a lot of people say um, becoming an actor, becoming, but you, I think that's an interesting thing is to say that I'm a storyteller. Right. Um, in, in that, you know, we're given words, we're given a camera, we're given, you know, this wonderful opportunities to tell stories. And that is Shannon Lucio, storyteller, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we're all storytellers we're all yeah. storytellers Aww. So it's, it's a great job yeah thank well, you it was so nice to see you yes and, and talk to you. you and thank yes. you for doing this i have to tell you i was like but shannon's got this episode and that episode and and yeah there I was so much more... we could talk to you about because there's there's so much storyline yeah. coming up so yeah. we might tap you for do you remember this <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm sure when uh the uh what were they called the yamaclaw she created yeah. her character created oh the Yama Claus. Also, wishes we're going to talk about next, but your Freudian slippers. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah the favorite. Freudian Sorry. slippers. Sorry, I looked those up yep. too okay. online. We're going to talk about that. You can get them. Um, anyway, thank you so much. So good to see you. <laughs> so much fun. You, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Bye. 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 
follow, rate, and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you like to watch us in our new studio, check us out on YouTube and HBO Max. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Hi, everyone. It's Rabia Chaudhry. And I'm Ellen Marsh. And we have a new podcast called Rabia and Ellen Solve, Solve the, case. the Case. As you know, I am a very smart lawyer. You are. You're so well-respected in the entire world. You know everything. Thank you so much. And as you know, I'm a famous Broadway star. Gorgeous. I sing like a nightingale. Well, yes. at least that's what your mom says. <laughs> Just kidding. This is Ellen Marsh. And, and I'm Robbie. Rabia. But we are teaming up to bring you a show like you have never heard before. True crime meets talk show. Nobody's done it. We're going to do it. We're going to do the impossible. And it's the two things that I love. Ellen, I think you'll like it too. What? True crime and talking? Yeah. I'm there. Every other week, we will have a guest talking about whatever true crime case they are obsessed with. We have a list. Everything from... The Lacey Peterson murder. Yeah, some of the most famous cases you've ever heard of, obviously, like John Benet Ramsey, The West Memphis Three, Chris Watts, Khalif Browder, Elisa Lamb, Madeline McCain, Sandra Bland, The Springfield Three. The list goes on and on. But they are all cases that you know, and we are going to dive in deep with someone else and just talk about them. No. We're going to solve the case, Ellen. That's right. We're going to solve the case. So subscribe to Rabia and Ellen Solve the Case wherever you get your podcasts.